following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. had an opening that I was thinking about on the way over here on exactly what I was going to say, and I, I thought it was actually good, and now I forgot what it was. Uh, the only thing that I do know is that we are on episode 77 Wow, of our podcast. Pretty good. It's not bad. Pretty good. Listenership remains pretty steady. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't know that we have 77 listeners. No. No. And that's fine. <laughs> we might have seven. But, but the people who do listen are consistent. They remain dedicated. They complain when we don't get an episode up in a timely fashion. True that. Which is nice. Yes. It's nice to be needed. Yeah. yeah. So welcome into the Intentional Foul, Josh and Dan. Let me just say, if, sure. if I had a quarter for everything that I wanted to say on here that I forgot about when we sat down, I would have a couple hundred dollars. You even, that's why I have that pile of notes know, on my bar all the time, because right. I just, I think of stuff and I write it down, well, and then I forget to even look at what I wrote down. You compile the typewritten notes, and then by the time I get here, you have handwritten notes on the typewritten notes. All, like, to, all this stuff is so right. fluid right now. All this crap is changing. Well, you sent it to me three, four hours ago, yeah. and there already have been since then some stuff that has changed or has been updated. So, no, I, I totally understand that. So, uh, welcome in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Tell your friends, obviously. And um, I don't know. I... I was going to maybe mention the AC, but we already had that conversation. I I would have thought a single guy like you who likes comfort would have not had a problem clicking on the AC already. Yeah, I, the the basement, though, is pretty cool, and that's kind of where I hang out most of the time when I'm at home. So uh, upstairs, you know, just got the got the ceiling fan, got yeah. a fan on the ground yeah. at night when I'm sleeping. It's all good. Okay. So, um, I, you know... You laughed about your wife saying this, but I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, man, it ain't even June yet. Well, I just, I, I, you know, can't control the weather. I mean, when it's, I can control my thermostat. Though. When, when, when there's a snowstorm in the middle of May, like we've had in Wisconsin, are you going to not turn on the furnace because it's May? Depends how cold it is. Well, it's not that hot. Doesn't matter the month it is if it's hot either. <laughs> Come on, kidding me? That's fine. That works. I couldn't. I couldn't stand it. I, it got up to into the eighties, and I was like, "Okay, this is this is stupid." Well, I mean, you're I, I, a little I'm bit of a larger a, person than I am, so quarantine you know. has not done me any favors on that. <laughs> I don't front, think it's done anybody any. Anyway, my hair is a mess. I was gonna. <laughs> yeah, you're laughing at it right now. It's just a smash is. mop of it's like how they describe Harry Potter's oh, hair man. in the books. It's Everywhere, news. it's bad news. Wow, have you made an appointment now that they're making appointments? I don't know. I... I usually go to uh, the sport sport clubs. Sure, yeah. And I don't think they're open yet. Oh, really? Okay. So I don't know. I got to find somewhere else to go. All right. So again, my eight year old daughter can always do some mean work with the buzzer. I know, but just <laughs> stepping on these ears all the time when I ain't got no hair around them is not the best look. <laughs> not the best look. All right. Should we start with some real actual sports that happened this past weekend? And by that, I don't mean NASCAR. Mm mm. Um, the most watched golf match in cable television history since the 2010 Masters when Tiger came back after his personal life went to shit. 
and it involved two football players that are not very good at golf. Well, better than us. <laughs> True. Better than I think. I think Brady was an eight handicap. That's, I think that's pretty good. I think Manning was, but six maybe. And seven. again, and I, I said this yesterday when nobody was listening um, on on Memorial Day. I saw a lot of hooks and slices oh, and, yeah. and splooshes and stuff like that, which made me feel better. But then again, I thought I'm never going to play a course like that that has non-wide fairways. Right, it's not forgiving. Right, and extended roughs and traps. Every you know, I, I'm never going to play that. So maybe I should just hold my horses on that. So how much did you watch? I watched a couple of holes. Did you? You know, I, I it was in passing. We had some stuff going on. The girl, I mean, my God, we got a we got a pool and a and a. A, I, see, I did see that. And yeah. a tarp, and so I was busy setting that up in the blazing sun and getting the kids into that. So, But when I could cool down, I watched a little bit, um, watched a couple of shots, saw some darts. I saw, um, I think I saw Brady hit into the rough, and then I think I saw Manning hit one into the water or vice versa, and I was like, okay, not bad. And then I read the, the follow-up that Woods didn't miss a fairway. No. That's awesome. Home, That's, home, home course. Obviously. So that, that yep. helps. But yeah, I mean, you know, if you're a Tiger fan, that's definitely good to see. Yes. So, did you did you watch all of it? Well, was it appointment I, viewing? You know, I I really hadn't planned on watching it. I had actually forgot that it was even on, and I got uh I got home, I don't know, mid-afternoon and I and I turned the TV on and I think they're on the second or third hole. So, I watched a little bit of it and I've got sucked in. And I really enjoyed it. I thought it was awesome. Um it was you know, Tom Brady, like the first seven holes, he was really pretty bad. Um, and then he holes out from about 150 out while Barkley's on the air talking shit to him <laughs> in the earpiece. And he and he buries it, and yep. he's just like, eat that, Chuck, yep. you know? No, I love it. And, and, and that was great. I thought, the whole, I thought the whole way they did it was really cool. Well, I, I think they had a lot to learn from the first match that went not so great. But even with the whole... Uh, no fan thing. I thought they did a really good job of. Um, I thought it was really cool to have those guys mic'd up. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the announcers were great. It was Brian Anderson, it was nice to hear him. somebody else, and then you know they were bringing in people. They had right. Barkley. Yep. They had Russell Wilson. JJ Watt, JJ came Watt. on. That was they cool. Had some other golfers and too. those people could talk to the guys yes. on the course, I thought which that was, was really very cool. well set up. Yes, so um, that was fun. I have always just been a Peyton Manning guy. I've always liked him. I've always uh, enjoyed his personality. I think he's better than Tom Brady. I'm sorry. He doesn't have the hardware. Just more talented. Yes, I think he's a better player. Better skills. I think he's a better player. I think the advantages that that Tom Brady had versus what Manning had are huge. They, that's a discussion for another day. But I just really enjoyed the banter. Um, you know, Manning misses a putt. Brady tells him Eli would have made it. You know, uh, somebody said that uh, uh, Phil Mickelson said something to Brady about Tiger. Tiger had his red shirt and black shorts on, and I and he made a good shot. And uh, Mickelson said to Brady something like, "You ain't playing the Falcons today." And Brady goes, "I ain't worried about the Falcons. It's the Eagles that make me sick." Like I thought that kind of stuff was great because it was off the cuff. Right. I thought it was really really cool what Mickelson did the whole round. Which was almost like give an interactive golf lesson during this match. Mm-hmm. He was telling you when he was going to the tee, like I'm going to try to hit a draw here and bring it back. I'm going to try to hit. I'm aiming at this tree. He was um, reading putts and explaining things to Brady. I thought it was really cool. Um, 
to get to watch these guys in kind of a different element. I mean, you know, obviously Tiger and Phil are the great golfers, so you expect them to play well. But, for, I mean, they were almost acting as like the two greatest, highest-paid caddies in the history of golf. That's what I like about sports sometimes is the pulling back the curtain element. And you you know that if it was a regular tournament and both these guys are trying, trying to win prize money instead of bragging rights, this would have never happened. Sure. Even if you would have approached them, say, hey, we have an idea for the broadcast. Can you maybe – they wouldn't want to be bothered with it because they're trying to win. So – I like it when that stuff happens. I like when baseball players are mic'd up on like Sunday night or they talk to a coach and something's happening and, and you're getting kind of an insight into how the game structure is going from a manager's seat or a, or a base coach's seat or something like that. Um, you know, I like those moments. So, so the fact that they did that um, really kind of resonated with me. Yeah, and, you know, I thought that uh... – Mickelson and Manning seem to really understand that this was a TV show and we're raising money for charity. And yeah, we'd like to win, but it doesn't really mean shit who wins. And then you had Tiger who, who he's Tiger. He, he's just there to golf. You're yep. not going to get a lot out of him. He's not going to be very witty. He's not going to say any funny, controversial things. He's just going to golf. And that's what he did. And Brady's a little, kind of the same, but he showed a little bit more personality once he started playing better, which mm -hmm. well, we mean, can all relate to. Yes, I mean, can. like, try, try dude, talking if, to a, if no. I'm if I'm playing the way he is through the first seven holes, don't talk. And to I'm me. playing with like really good golfers, like, and I and it's on TV. Like, I'm I'm mad. I'm embarrassed. I don't talk to me. Have I'm you, not trying to be funny. Have you ever been in that situation before out on the course? Where you were supposed to go out with maybe some guys better than you, and you were playing badly. I don't didn't. think so. Happened to me in in Red Wing, Minnesota. Yeah, one of my wife's friends' husbands took me out. He was a former softball player, and he knew that I golfed, and he quit softball a few years ago. But he's like, "Hey, me and me and a couple buddies are going to go up to Red Wing." Um, Jesse Ventura had a course right off, or uh, had a house right off the course. Mm -hmm. And I get out there, and I don't know what, you know, this guy's a former softball player. I, he might not be that good a golfer. I'm not that good a golfer. You know, we're going to have a good time. These guys could play. Mm. And here I am, Schmucky the Clown. I don't know any of them. I kind of know the one guy who was nice enough to invite me along. Yeah. And I'm out here losing balls, holding them up because we're <laughs> yeah. looking for everything. Right. And they're, you know, hey, we're just here to have fun and whatever. Nobody can talk you out of that place that you're at. When you don't even want to climb onto a tee box. Yeah. Because you know that something embarrassing is going to happen when these guys are just fucking gripping and ripping 300 yards right down the middle of the fairway. And you're like, am I going to have enough balls in my bag to finish the round? Right. Completely. Do I, do I need to start teeing off with an iron? Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm leaving my woods in my bag. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. But it's like, so I completely get that side of it. Completely. But it was fun, man. Like, I would love to see more of this kind of stuff, especially, and, and golf's the perfect sport for it. Like, you couldn't do it in reverse. Like, Peyton Manning and, and Tom Brady can't teach Tiger Woods oh, and Phil Mickelson no. how to play quarterback. Well, what are you going to do? Exactly. So, like, golf is the perfect way to do it. And especially with some of the younger guys that are coming up. Like, I thought Justin Thomas who was on the broadcast giving a lot of tips, and he did a, he did a hole with Barkley at the end for charity. Like He seems like a guy that has a really good personality and might be kind of fun to golf with, and I actually know him and Michael Jordan are boys, 
and golf together. And I think he might even be in the Jor- with the Jordan line. I, I think you're I, right. I think, but I think you're right. Um, you know, Jordan Spieth seems to have a pretty good personality. Like, there's guys you could get. Like, wouldn't it be kind of cool to see? Because Steph Curry was tweeting about it. Like, he wants in, and he's a really good golfer. He is. I mean, it would be cool if next year it was like Spieth, Curry, Justin Thomas, and Pat Mahomes. Doesn't Curry, like, wouldn't that be cool? Doesn't Curry do always do well at that uh, Tahoe? Mm-hmm. Uh, tournament or whatever yeah. it is, yeah, yeah. Like grab a couple guys from there, and if you don't want it to be active guys, if it's got to be retired guys, there, there's enough. All, all these guys do in their right. later when they're done That's playing they do is golf. golf. Yes. So I mean, Barkley even said today, as long as he can smoke stogies and have a beer, he's in. <laughs> I think they could probably arrange that. Just so I, just, I think they could probably find better golfers, so long too. as they don't show the back of his cart with a. Like a dozen crumpled up cans of MGD or <laughs> right. something like that. Somebody's got to drive Charles's car. Exactly. And that was the other cool thing was to see these guys in their carts. Mm-hmm. And they all had it personalized and yep. decked out with the nice seats. That was cool. I I, I thought it was fun. And um, hopefully this is kind of gets the ball rolling for all these other sports. Um, when they see, you know, I mean, the ratings for that, for NASCAR, right. for yep. some of these overseas soccer games. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been through the roof. So um, hopefully it's the first of many. Yeah, some uh, some organizations apparently aren't looking at the fact that people really want the return of sports and they're not willing to concede on either side because the news out of baseball today is not promising. I saw... Tom Hardrecord, I think, tweeted out something or a thought of, I can't remember who it was. It was somebody for the Journal Sentinel and tweeted out the fact that Mark Antanasio feels really confident in the fact that baseball is going to have a good return. And I kind of wanted to be like the woman on The Fugitive when they find the extra pair of handcuffs that Harrison Ford got out of and the sheriff is trying to cover his tracks and she says, care to revise your statement, sir? (laughs) Like, that's the immediate thing I thought of. It's like, did you just hear what happened and what the players think of this offer that the owners gave to him today? Because before, you're thinking about, and and I've seen this now kind of shift from some of the baseball writers. Before, we were thinking that players, you got to suck it up. Owners are losing a bunch of money. It's not going to work if you guys don't lose money, too. You you know, you got to come to the table. Now it appears that I'm seeing that it's all going to be on the owners if this thing doesn't happen because what they're offering the players is insulting. I haven't dived into anything. I haven't read anything. But that that's the consensus kind of that I got from a lot of guys that cover the league. Yeah, I haven't got as in-depth with the recent stuff as I was earlier on because, frankly, this stuff has all kind of started to melt my brain with trying to figure out what these leagues are going to do and how they're going to do it and all and these where, different opinions. It's, and who's going to play who. It's tough to follow it all. Um I did find it interesting that, you know, I saw some tweets also. Uh, I can't remember if it was McAlvey or Hard Recorder who was tweeting it. Talking, Atanasio must have spoke today. Right. Um, so he made a comment that 40% of all revenue brought in by teams is game day related. So whether that's tickets, parking, food, yeah. uh, everything. That's 40% of a team's annual revenue. But he he says for the Brewers it's even more, and that makes sense being a small market. Small market, team. And, and and you don't get the TV money that the Dodgers or the Yankees right. would get. So I don't I don't want to misquote what he said here because I don't remember it verbatim. I think he's one of the owners pushing to have fans. I did see that 
he he said if they do have any kind of a spring training, he wants the Brewers to do it at Miller Park. He wants it to be done in Milwaukee, which makes sense. I mean, it's kind of stupid to say, okay, we're going to pick all your shit up. We're going to go to Arizona for two weeks, and then we're going to pick all your shit up and come right back home. That doesn't make a lot of sense. So McAlvey posted a thread, Antanasio, we're at the precipice of what we need to do to play baseball in the summer of 2020. I think we're going to. He spoke with Governor Evers and Tom Barrett about the potential of staging games at Miller Park this summer. He says safety is the top priority. Included on the agenda, according to Antanasio, deciding whether they can get Euchre safely to the booth to call games. Mm -hmm. Should they play this year since Euchre's 86 but wants to work? If there is an agreement for Major League Baseball to return this year, Antanasio says he hopes spring training 2.0 takes place at Miller Park. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I think we're getting to the point, like, there are going to be people that are going to be critical of Antanasio over those comments of him wanting to have people in the sands. But I, I just don't think you can criticize any of these guys right now. This is all, that's in a perfect world. Yes. You know, he's not saying piss on all of this, all of the social distancing and all the testing and let's just have games. This is in a perfect world that this happens. So, um, I, you know, they're starting to open some facilities around the country. Mm -hmm. Um, Some teams are being able to work out. It still sounds like they're hoping for an 82 game season. That's that's from the owners in the league perspective. I did hear uh, Jeff Passan from ESPN today said that it sounds like the players are hoping to get closer to a hundred games, um, obviously because it means more money. Yes. You know, you're playing another eighteen, twenty games. Then later on, even still, I saw that the owners, what the owners presented to the players today, one of the main things was pay cuts for the highest paid players in the game. And that's been one of the things that I think everybody missed the boat with the Blake Snell, Bryce Harper comments the other day about, you know, they're not playing for less than all the money that they're earning. Well, I don't really want to hear from Bryce Harper or Manny Machado or Zach Grenke or Verlander. These guys are all making $30 million a year. I want to hear from Eric Sogard. I want to hear from Manny Pena. I want to hear from guys that are making six fifty. Those are the guys that are going to get crushed by this if there's a flat across the board pay cut. So I understand where the union's coming from from that. But if you're talking about we're going to take the top 10% of contracts and we're going to slash them by 60%, but the bottom 10% contracts, we're only going to slash them by 10%. Now it's a little bit more equitable. And yeah, the rich guys are going to suffer a little bit in the short term, but in the long term, you're all good. You got to think about your the little guy on the team, the utility guy, you know, the the guy that's um, thirty and he and he's about ready to get his first call up, but he ain't making shit for money. He's on a minor league contract. Like those are the guys that are going to get screwed. But is that the age we live in? Because I'm not sure that. I mean, I think we we live in an age of Blake Snell's. Whether, oh, 100 percent agree. Whether we come, whether anybody or everybody comes out and says it, it seems to be the. Don't care about that. I'm going to get mine. Yeah. And if they don't get theirs, they're going to cry about it. And to me, that's not really what a team is about. But you've got all these guys making different salaries anyway, and they've been able to kind of string it together. But when your back's against the wall, this would kind of tell me what kind of person you are and who you're looking out for. For sure. I mean, you look at like the NBA. Chris Middleton's not hurting. He's making $35 million this year. Cam Reynolds... 
The guy that's on the two-way deal, who's going from the herd to the bucks mm-hmm. to the herd to the bucks, that dude ain't making shit. That dude's making like 150, 200 grand. I mean, we know people that make more than right. that in, here in Janesville. Yep. So those are the guys that I think are getting a little bit lost in the shuffle with all this jockeying with the finances. And unfortunately, I I mean, it sounded like today the, the reporters were a little more optimistic about some things getting done. But, man, the way baseball's operated in, in our lifetime. I just don't just, have a lot of faith. I don't have any faith because I don't know why we should. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I, I just, you know, again, we had another holiday come by and I didn't have no any baseball. baseball and it drives me nuts. And uh, they better get going. They got to get going. Crank it up yeah. by July 4th. All these leagues got to get going. Clock's ticking. Yes. On, on, on a lot of this stuff, because, you know, the 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 upper half of the country can't sustain a lot of these sports past a certain date. Well, and the, the head of the NBA Players Union came out today and basically told the commissioner in the league, time to shit or get off the pot. Make a decision. Like, we're ready to go here. Let's go. And he, Silver doesn't seem to be in any in any hurry. That's because he is your typical 2020 leadership kind of guy. What is your, as we switch to the NBA, speaking of, what is your, what's going on with the playoffs? I saw you tweeting about that earlier, and I didn't really read into it a whole lot about what's going on, but they why are people upset with the well, format then? So they're still looking at Disney World as okay. probably the spot that they're going to create their bubble in. I don't care where they play. Yeah, I don't either. It's uh, fine. Just, just pick somewhere. Right. Pick somewhere and let's start. If we got to build courts or whatever we got to do, let's go. Um, they're ta- What they're struggling with the most is how to come back basketball-wise. There are owners that want to finish a partial end of the regular season for money reasons. Some of them are on the playoff bubble, and they want to play a couple games because they want to get in because they want some playoff money. So there's different reasons why they would want that. So that's one boat. There's another faction that wants some kind of a play-in tournament for the teams that are right now seated like what would be seated 7 through 10. So top 8 in the NBA in each conference make the playoffs. What they're saying is 7, 8, 9, and 10, those four teams are going to play a a play-in tournament in each conference, and the two teams that win those games are in the playoffs, something like that. Okay. I mean, I I, I just – it's not baseball. We're – you have a one-game wild card, and the wild card winner can actually win the World Series. In the NBA, if the 10th seed beats the 7th seed and makes the play, they're going to get swept in the first round. It's irrelevant. So I don't really understand that. Um, they've talked about a round-robin soccer style where they create, you're or in, like an Olympic thing where you're, you've you're got groups. Group. Yeah, you've That's got right. groups of four or five teams in a group, and that would be able to include more teams than the 16 playoff teams. And then a couple advance out of there, and then you... Like, again, I I just... Why? What is the the point of that? What is is the point? I think just because it would include more teams. that, That seems to be, when you look at all the major sports organizations, except for golf, where they hold a pretty hard cut about yeah, where, where that yeah. line is, 
The NFL's adding another wild card team. Baseball has created yeah. the second wild card, stop. and now you've got the NBA wanting to include more playoff teams. Yeah, but it's and you know you you talk about where we are. It's that participation ribbon that everybody. Well, we made the playoffs and, and money. These it's it's the I'm greed sure it's of financially the ownership. Backed, but it's it's they're finding a way to get more people involved. And to me, it doesn't do anything but kind of water down. Hundred percent agree. Everything uh, else that's been established. I've said that it's one of the reasons the Brewers have benefited off of it twice. I'm not a big fan of the wild card. I just not. I, I you know win your division. You want to make the playoffs? Be good all year. Don't be good for a month. Like it's a six month season. Don't be good for a month. Um, this this round robin thing. I just it. You know, it's very gimmicky, and and we're already having people like Barkley and Shaq who have come out and said, this is going to have an asterisk on it. And people in the NBA are going, oh, no, 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 it's not. No, this is going to count just like every other championship. But you're fundamentally talking about changing the entire playoff structure? Well, isn't it going to then have an asterisk? Should. And then the last thing they're talking about, which I think is going to happen, if not this year, I think is going to happen eventually, they're talking about reseeding the playoffs mm-hmm. at the end of the year. So basically there would be no Eastern or Western Conference anymore, and really divisions wouldn't even matter. It would just be a 32-team league. They would have to probably, if down the road, they would have to redo the schedule to even it say, out. Yeah. But what they want to do is just take the top 16 records in the league and that's your playoffs, um, which, okay, but again... We're talking about that affecting, in terms of getting into the playoffs, two or three teams a year, and they're all going to be in the Eastern Conference, and the Eastern Conference owners don't like that because they're going to lose money. Um, if you make the playoffs in the NBA, you're guaranteed two home games. because, And that's why there's a seven-game series in the first round. It should be a five-gamer mm-hmm. if they really wanted to do it correctly, but the owners want that extra money. So I was looking at the seeding here. Um Right now, the Bucks would would be the one seed, and they would play. Or this is if they reseeded one to sixteen. So the Bucks would play Orlando in the first round, which is what they would do anyway. And then in the second round, they would play the winner of Miami and Oklahoma City. Well, if they kept it as it normally is, they would still play Orlando in the first round, and then they would advance to play Miami or Indiana. So why are we doing this? So what difference does it make if Oklahoma City or Indiana is in that spot? I don't I don't get it. And the media seems to be really pushing for this, especially younger media. Um, millennial, late 20, early 30s NBA reporters in the media really think this is just the coolest thing ever. I don't understand because the, the, the younger people are all about inclusion. Yeah, but young people hate tradition. Well, that's true. And this bucks tradition. But again, you're just doing something just to do it. Exactly. So like, I, I like, could where's see. The, where's the problem? Like, at the end of the day, you want the two best teams yeah. in the league to play for the title. Sometimes that's in the same conference. It happens. It happens in all sports. When we're looking at, at like, <laughs> like you brought up baseball, just think of what college football teams have to go through. Oh, yeah. Before the BCS. Yeah. Like you got to run or, a gauntlet. You have to go undefeated and finish in the top two of the AP rankings to even be considered for that national championship. Right. 
and that wasn't good enough. We you lose ex- one game, you're done pretty much. But we had to expand it because all the teams that got beat when they didn't feel they should have whined. Well, you you were getting to the point where you started scheduling patsies. Sure. And you could run through your conference, and you've had a couple of different teams from all over the country finish undefeated. Well, who's the champ? How are we going to measure that? Right. So you you at least got to a point that necessitated figuring that out. There, There's no problem figuring that out in these other leagues. Right. You're just changing it just because. I just don't know why taking the 16 playoff teams, putting them in a hat, shaking it up, and coming and pulling out random matchups. Like, I don't get why that's cool. Like, I don't I don't know how. Talk to somebody wh- Why is it more exciting for the Bucks to play Oklahoma City in the second round than Indiana? Like, wh- what because does that do? Because they never play Oklahoma City. That's exciting. I don't know. Like, I, I just, I, like, that's what I don't get. So The NHL expanded their stuff. I, I didn't even read that today, but that that's another organization that has figured out, here's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Let's go do it. Yeah. Well, I told you a couple of weeks ago, the NBA did not want to be the first league to make a decision. Yeah, no, you did. And they, have, did. they have been true to their word, and they have not made any decision. They've been, well, we're going to wait and see. But Damian and, Lillard came out today okay. and said. Wait a minute, he what? He came out today? Well, yeah. And, then he, and he talked. He didn't come out, come out. He uh, he came out and said that if the if because Portland's not in the playoffs right now okay. as it stands. I think they're three games back. So he said if they're going to come back and Portland is not going to have an opportunity to make the playoffs. Here we go. He ain't playing. And I had been kind of waiting for this, somebody to do this. He, but, but his comments were strange. He said... I will go with my team because I'm part of the team, but if the games are meaningless, I'm not playing. Well, no game is meaningless. I mean, you're being paid to play. You're, they're charging admission. These networks are paying money to the league to broadcast the game. None of, no game is meaningless. Why don't they tell him that? Um, and, and I know that's not the look, way Look, con- I mean, if he doesn't want to play, right. I don't care. I would hope that Portland would be able to recoup three that, or four games exactly. worth of money. You want to sit? Fine. We ain't paying you. Yeah, I think that's fair. For sure. Especially if you're going to go. You're not hurt. There's no There's well, no resting. So then what's the difference between that and somebody who's mathematically eliminated from the playoffs with 12 games to go, and then the veterans of the team, well, why are we doing this? And that's kind of... Our the, season's done. Let's just cash it in anyway. And that's really, at the end of the day, that's the NBA's problem that Major League Baseball and the NFL don't have. They haven't started their seasons yet. So, yeah, I mean, if I'm on the Knicks and I'm 12 games behind the eighth seed... And we're only going to play four more regular season games. Why are we doing it? Why are we doing this? Because now you have to drag me away from my wife, my kids, my girlfriend, my parents, whatever, for what? A month? Because I got to quarantine for two weeks. So then do you think that all the are, are there going to be more comments like Lillard's where some teams are going to get together and say, we just ain't coming. Is that going to force them to scrap the rest of the regular season and then just focus on the playoffs? It's teams, possible. Teams are going to say, well, then we ain't coming back. The, the only reason... Uh, how do I want to say this? L- Lillard's really like the best player that's not going to be in the playoffs. Every other star is going to make the playoffs. I mean, Washington's got Brad Beal. Him and Lillard are probably the two best players, but everybody else is going to make it that should make it. So I just look at it like you don't want to play, don't play. 
If Portland don't want to pay you, that's between you and them. I don't really want to hear you whine about it if they don't. <laughs> um, and let's just move on because there's other guys that want to play. I saw an interview with Danny Green of the Lakers today. He said he wants to play. LeBron wants to play. Um, you know, let, let's go. Let's figure this out. Let's get going. All right, so you already talked about the lack of tradition. Is there anything left in the NBA that you kind of want to hit on before we jump to the NFL and we got some high school stuff? We might get out of here under an hour I know, right? for, for, for this episode. No, but. I think that pretty much caps it for the NBA. I mean, the lack of tradition thing, you know, when it comes to sports, I'm very traditional. I like the way things are done when they aren't broken. Mm-hmm. You know, the NBA, the way they've done it with the divisions and the conferences, I I just don't see the point in doing away with it. It just seems, like you said, kind of creating an issue where there isn't one. Jumping back into baseball just a second, I just saw a tweet from Josh Flickinger, who works for the Beloit Daily News, and they do a lot of snappers coverage. Uh, He's subtweeting somebody named Stephanie Epstein, who writes for Sports Illustrated on some baseball stuff, and apparently the A's organization has informed their minor leaguers that they ain't going to pay him for the rest of the season. Wow. So that means the the Beloit Snappers folks who are, you know, you're this is, and this is something we haven't touched on because this is something that is trying to be kind of influential in our community because the Snappers have been here since, what, 83? Something like that, yeah. Six, something like when, that. When Janesville... Blew their load and didn't mm. didn't decide they wanted a minor league team. Boy, that was pretty Stupid. bad. Stupid. So the, the so the guys got together in Beloit and they're trying to keep them there. But now Major League Baseball wants to axe what forty teams I think 40, 42, 44 teams of minor league baseball, and the Snappers apparently seem to have been on the chopping block. Quint Studer sw- swoops in. He already owns another team, and he's going to buy the team. That's been put on hold. Um, according to the article that I read, because the league owners would have to vote to approve the sale. And as of right now, they don't have to do that. So he's kind of holding off on that. He's still planning and everything's going ahead. And they're going to build a brand new ballpark in downtown Beloit right on the river. And the renderings look absolutely sweet. Mm -hmm. And that would pretty much assure that the snappers are one of the teams that would not get shut down. And now this is that's kind of a a gut punch to all the because the snappers are an A's affiliate. That's kind of a gut punch to everybody that was going to play in Beloit. Yeah, no kidding. So, and those those are all really young kids. Yes, you know those are the sure. those are the eighteen, nineteen, twenty year olds down there. Well, and I I haven't read. There are they going to go with a five round Major League Baseball draft yeah, or, so, or so. something like that? And I don't know what the regular rounds are, but you know you've a got lot. well, yes, <laughs> you've got another situation uh, for a local kid, um, somebody that we know. Jacob Campbell, who went down to Illinois, he got drafted by the Cubs. It was low enough that it wasn't going to do him anything to, to, to go. And so he takes his college scholarship to Illinois. You're eligible to be drafted after two years. Now he comes up on this, and they're going to shorten the draft. Uh-huh. I don't know where he's projected to go yeah. this time around, hopefully higher than he was last time. But now what the future holds for him, I don't know, because after the draft, you have an unlimited option to sign players for X amount of money or something like that. So I don't know what his future – I mean, baseball's in a big freaking mess right now. Yeah, they got a lot of irons in the fire, and they're trying to juggle them, and that's what makes this you know, this labor issue such a, such a big deal because it, you know, it doesn't just affect the major league. 
No. It affects everything. Everything. And people yes. forget, you know, when you own a major league team, like all those affiliates, you're responsible for them. So it's a lot of ripples when you throw a stone and, yeah. you know, get a big splash out of it. All right. Let's move to the NFL. I haven't seen the power rankings. I saw the strength of schedule yesterday. Let me fire them up here. I, I took a snapshot today okay. when I saw it at lunch just because I thought it was interesting okay i saw that the bears have the third easiest schedule according according to the power index or whatever it is still won't make the playoffs (laughs) Uh, i didn't see the the packers on the top five hardest or the top five easiest they're somewhere in the middle so where where are our teams in espn's i I love the the power rankings i i could care less about this uh they're the bears are 21st okay the the packers are 15th okay The, the packers are the ninth NFC team. So okay. in order in the NFC, Niners, Saints, Cowboys, Eagles, Seahawks, Tampa Bay. Those are numbers three through eight. Then you've got the Rams at 11, the Vikings at 13, the Packers at 15. So pretty close. So pretty close. Um, I would put them ahead of Minnesota. Really? As we sit today. Okay. Yeah, Minnesota had a lot of losses. They got a lot of stuff that's kind of unknown right now. Mm-hmm. And I might even put the Packers ahead of the Rams. I mean, they traded away all their skill position guys. Like, I don't know exactly how they're going to. Goff and Aaron Donald, and that's about it. Yeah, so I I thought they were a little overrated. But it's just interesting to see, like, Buffalo 10. Yeah. You know, Baltimore 2. Yeah, I guess. I mean, they haven't. Yeah, but he has been horrific in the playoffs. Right. Um,. But, yeah, you know, the Bears down Who's at 21. Last? That's kind of who I figured. Is that, is that Jacksonville? Uh, Jacksonville is last. Okay. Uh, the Let's see. I'll go uh, bottom five yeah. here. Lions 28, Panthers 29, Bengals 30, Redskins 31, Ooh. Jags 32. Thanks. John Barry's Dolphins just outside the bottom <laughs> five at 27. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that was kind of interesting to see that. And what do, you, what do you think about this whole Cam Newton thing that's still kind of floating out there? I mean – I had heard somebody today on the radio talking about he would be a really good fit in Arizona uh, because of the style of their offense, how much their quarterback moves around, and Kyler Murray being small has a propensity to possibly be hurt. I've heard some people say that Cam Newton should retire or sit the year out. Um, I've heard some people get very, very upset that he doesn't have a job. I'm not sure why they're so upset. Well, I know why they're upset. I don't think it's don't the, I don't that. think it's the correct reason to be upset. No, it's not. Um but w- w- what do you think about I mean this is an MVP of the league. Let's face it. I mean, I'm not a huge Cam Newton fan. I'm not a hater of him, but I'm not a big fan of him. What are we? 5 years ago he was the MVP of the league. He went 15 and 1. He's had some injuries yep. and that team kind of they they didn't do a real good job of building much around him. Um but is he a starting quarterback anymore? Is he? Is he? Should he have a job right now as a starter? I mean, I would need to see the starters of all the NFL teams to see where he could fit in. Potentially, like he's better than this guy, he's better than that guy. But it seems like in any case of that happens, whether it's contractually or just the fact that he's younger, teams are committed more than ever now to their guys. And if he wants to be a starting quarterback. And these teams aren't willing to give him either starting quarterback money or put him in that position to even battle for a starting job. What are you going to do? Are you going to say, fine, I'll be a backup. At least let me try and compete. Fine, I'll do this. Fine, I'll do that. But 
he doesn't seem to want to even go that route either. He He's content on his status of being, like you said, a former MVP. I can still play at a high level. I can be a starter, and that's what I'm holding out for. Where other teams are like, we're good. We're all right. The Arizona thing's laughable. They got rid of one quarterback draft pick to draft another one. Now you're going to get rid of him? Well, it wasn't to replace Murray. It was just to back him up. But he in, doesn't want to be case. a backup. Exactly. He doesn't want to be a backup. Right. So what are you going to do? So, I mean, to me, this gets sorted out in training camp because we all know a lot of calls are made in training camp. After preseason games, after a practice, whatever, somebody's going to blow out their knee, somebody's going to bust an ankle, somebody's going to tear their pectoral muscle or something. Something's going to happen, and yeah, maybe he'll get a call, or maybe he'll need that much time to soften. And somebody's going to call him and say, listen, we don't have work. This is our guy. We don't have a lot behind him. We want you to come in and be the backup. Here's what we're going to pay you. Take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. And it's really going to be up to him. And if he's too prideful of of being a backup, then maybe he should retire because the league clearly is kind of telling you what your status is. You don't get the opportunity to dictate that anymore. Right. Not after everything that's gone gone about the last couple of years. This is where you are. The league has a good way of letting you know where you are in your career, how much your contract is worth, what the market bears. Shit, they did it to Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning wanted to keep playing, and then everybody was kind of like, yeah, we're good. Yeah. We're good. So, I mean, we watched the Super Bowl. <laughs> we saw your dead arm. The league, the league has a good way of telling you things that you don't want to hear. Well, and I think, I can't remember, but I think it was Kyle Hurd who threw him. He kind of kind of lumped him in, in with Kaepernick and Tebow in terms of, like, teams that are shying away a little bit from him because of his celebrity and his his little bit of his divaness, his wearing the weird clothes at the press conference. Like, Can't get he, enough of that. Well, he's not a guy. I mean, obviously, like you just said, he hasn't accepted being a backup. He's just not a guy that I think you can bring into a locker room and expect everything to be copacetic if he's not, getting his so it's a little bit like Antonio Brown I think he's a little bit in the same boat I mean you know Cam Newton has nowhere near the kind of meltdowns that Brown has had but like (laughs) it's like yeah are there are there quarterbacks in the NFL right now that Cam Newton is better than sure but some of those guys are young and teams are trying to figure out what do we have here and some of these other teams just don't want to put up with the bullshit so, or they don't think that he can take him to a title. I mean, frankly, I mean, if you look at a team like, I don't know, uh, who who's who's a quarterback away that could be a decent team? Um, Denver. Denver's got a bunch of good people. If Denver said, hey, let's go sign Cam Newton. Okay, well, do you really think Cam Newton can take you to the Super Bowl? Is he better than this young guy that you've got? I mean, I know you got a great defense and you've drafted some nice weapons this year. You really want to deal with Cam Newton? Like, is he worth the effort? And unfortunately for him, I think that's kind of where he's at, and he's the last to know it. And like, and you're right. I mean, the league, you know, if if at the end of the day, the NFL is about winning, man, mm-hmm. because winning means money. And if an owner or a coach thought that Cam Newton could help them win, they would have brought they him. They would have brought him in. Yes. I mean, Ron Rivera goes to the Redskins. 
has a great relationship by all accounts with Cam Newton. And they have a dump they have had, a dumpster fire at the quarterback. Has position. a quarterback that they that he didn't draft and doesn't even seem to like. And he hasn't called Cam Newton. They're not bringing him in. No. So that tells you a lot. Mm-hmm. And Daniel Snyder hasn't exactly been known to not bring in big name guy. I mean, and remember just when, throw money remember, at people. Remember like when he brought in like Bruce, Bruce Smith, Smith and Dion yes. and like like four years after they were both washed up. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, look, look at these guys that we got. Yeah, yeah, yeah look at what you're paying. But they should be they should be golfing with Tiger and Phil. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Not playing football. Um, what about Matt Nagy? And because I I actually read this today or yesterday, he's gonna he's gonna. I mean, you right now don't have a choice at the quarterback position. You have a choice at every other position, but he's kind of gone off of his strategy of not playing starters in preseason games. You got a bona fide quarterback competition now. You got to see what both of these guys are going to give you. One's going to start one game, one's going to start the other game, and one's going to be relegated to a backup here, one's going to be relegated to a backup there. So, I mean, you don't have a choice, but does it make sense for the rest of the positions then as well? Or well, you don't want to overcompensate, right? You know, I mean, you want to have the the quarterback competition, and you want to you want to play. Montgomery and Cohen and uh, Allen Robinson and these in the rookie tight end. You want to play him with the quarterbacks because you want to give the quarterback a chance to play with the weapons, but you don't want to put these guys in harm's way by playing them too much and overcompensating because you were a complete idiot last year and you didn't do anything in the preseason. And this team looked like shit until about week six because nobody was in shape and ready to play. So it's. He'll have he'll have to walk the line and he'll have to figure out what that is. But uh, I mean, this is what the, this has been football for the last fifty years. I mean, this isn't hard. It's not rocket science. Um, but we've we, we've become so afraid of these preseason games. Players hate them. They they would they they were willing to trade a couple of preseason games if it meant having a couple of other regular season. But it's games. funny they hate them. But then like you know. The Packers will start zero and two, and Rodgers will go. Well, you know, we weren't we're not ready to go. And this guy, well, it's because you didn't have a preseason. You gotta have. I I mean, I would just say two games. I think a two game preseason is what it should be. Um, but you got to do something. The owners I mean, don't want that because they charge full price for this stuff, yeah. and they don't play the players that you know the fans turn out to see. But they still. They st- people still go to see these. I never will understand going to see a preseason game. The only Ever. the only reason that you would is like if you've never been to a game. I mean, other than that, I, I think don't... I took Jane to see Tim Tebow because he was going to start. I don't. I can't even remember who he played for at the time, but he was playing against the Packers. and He was going to start, and we got free tickets to go up to the, to the Miller Lite Lounge, and there was free food and free beer, and we're like. It's preseason game, whatever. That was the game that Jordy Nelson busted his leg mm. and was done. And I said, I am never, even if they're free, <laughs> never, ever going to another preseason game. I, I went to one, boy, this was like late 80s. The Packers played the Redskins at Camp Randall. Ooh. Yeah. This was like late 80s, late 80s, early 90s. I want to say it's late 80s, and I remember going to that game. But that was because I was a little kid. and You don't know the difference. I I think it might have even been somebody at like the Gazette or somebody threw my dad a couple of tickets for advertising, and we just went to the game. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I'm not paying face value to go watch Tim Doyle or whatever that guy's name. That's right, Tim Doyle. Big Bob Bob Tanyan. Yes, Big Bob Tanyan. Now we're talking. All these third stringers, you know. I mean, if I want to do that, I'll just get in the car and drive over to Whitewater and 
Right. You know, I mean, it's kind of the same thing, right? What is the LeBron to the Cowboys? <laughs> what What is this? Well, did you not hear about this? No, I didn't, and I'm so, kind of glad I did Apparently, LeBron came out and said, and I don't believe this for a second, and, of course, this is on the heels of the whole Jordan went and played baseball deal. Apparently, LeBron said that he had had discussions with Jerry Jones during the 2011 uh, lockout year of the NBA about playing tight end for the Cowboys. Now, I don't believe it because the timelines don't mesh. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't really play football and basketball because they're going on at the same time. It's not like... Dion and Bo playing right. football and baseball where you only have a conflict really for about six months. weeks. Yeah, that's right. But, like, the NBA and the NFL, like, the NFL doesn't get over to February. The NBA is playing from October to February. So they were in a lockout, but even so, they were, like, back. I think they were back playing by the first of the year that year. So I don't know. But then it leads into the discussion, well, how good of a tight end would LeBron James have been? Would he have been the greatest tight end of all time? I'm here to tell you the answer to that is no, no. because that guy gets hit by a f- six-foot-two shooting guard, he and dies. he acts like he got shot. <laughs> he acts like there was a sniper in the in the book suppository in Dallas blowing the top of his head off uh-huh. Oswald style. Yeah, that's, right. that's how he acts when he gets touched. He's going to go over the middle and get hit by safeties? I don't think so. I'm thinking no. That's, I, I don't even have anything to add because that is just one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. But it's so like, we isn't can... it funny, though? It's like, well, he's 6'8", and he's fast, so he'd have to be a good tight end. Weren't it's they like, talking do you ab- not know how sports work? Weren't they talking about Usain Bolt playing yes. football at one point? Yes. It's like, have you seen his legs? They look like chicken bones. Somebody would somebody would hit him low, and, w- w- and he's w- like six seven. Somebody would hit him with a low block, like a cut block, oh. and would snap his legs like twigs. Like imagine an you NFL think Smith's leg look bad. Offensive lineman or a defensive lineman landing on him. Yeah, I mean, but it's. I think it's insulting. Frankly, to, I think it's insulting to the football players when they do this in any sport. When they say, "Oh God." Uh, wouldn't J.J. Uh, Watt be an amazing power forward in the NBA? No. Have you ever seen an NBA player with arms like that shoot a basketball? No. It's going to go about four feet. Yes. It ain't going to work. No. Stop insulting these guys. LeBron is not Gronk. Sorry. They're both tall. They're both kind of fast. That's it. That's where it stops. The XFL is apparently for sale in Your bankruptcy courts. I, I I haven't read about this because I've basically been done. I I sounds like your boy Vinnie Mac might be getting called on his shenanigans a little uh, bit, though. I don't I don't blame anybody for doing that at all because it sounds like a lot of this was purely business orchestrated, yes. and McMahon has tried to weasel his way out of it and still not lose as much money and save as much face as possible. And the the, the thing with Oliver Luck. Had, had, was already messy about when they fired him, and then mm-hmm. the league, the league, you know, declared bankruptcy, and they didn't pay him the rest of what they were supposed to pay him. And I, and mean, I believe he's suing. Oh yeah, McMahon absolutely. Yes, that. yes. No, he is. So I, I haven't read anything about this because honestly, I didn't. I, I watched a couple of plays, a couple of series for the first few weeks, but I, I honestly don't care about this league. Well, I did see today that the the story there was a some kind of a video chat deposition type deal today and there was concern from whoever is 
on the opposite side of McMahon in this bankruptcy thing that this whole thing was just a way for McMahon to be able to buy it back at a low rate and then not have to pay his bankruptcy debts. And he came out today and said, no, I would never do that. Why are you painting me as the bad guy? You know, typical typical heel McMahon, right. heel McMahon yes, exactly. you know, or he's, you know, corporate Vince. No chance. But that's what you got. You know, it's I don't know. I I, I think he's I think it said he, he has personally invested 200 million into the business. OK, um, he said he hopes that it gets sold and bought by somebody and that they continue it on and try to keep it going. But I just think that it's going to end up. Probably it'll get sold to somebody that won't do anything with it, and well, it's just going to go away because I just don't know how another football league is going to work. You and I talked about this for the last couple of weeks or right after they declared bankruptcy. It's, you know, the Alliance of American Football. They didn't last. The XFL has now not lasted two times. Now, if the fucking lingerie league didn't last, how in the world are you going to get me to watch the XFL? You could probably make a case that this would have survived if not for the coronavirus pandemic. I don't know how strong an argument you'd have, but it's an easy scapegoat yeah. just to say, well, they had to shut things down for the fans and blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. Um, to me, the best product that they had, and I didn't watch any games, but I know there were some names over there, the best product that they had going for them was NFL Europe. When, when, when it existed. And they didn't want it over there because they're too crazed about soccer. Yeah. And yet now we're still trying to put NFL games over in those big stadiums three times a year. So if you don't have that over there and a minor league organization can't work with a lot of these things in existence with college football already, then it's just, it's just not in the cards. You're going to get somebody to come along in another couple of years and point out all the mistakes they made and say, we can do this better. We have a bunch of investors. We'll be able to do it. I, I don't think you're going to be able to do it. I think there's so much so much going for football right now is the way it's positioned, is that people really get into the NBA when football's done, mm-hmm. and baseball hasn't really hit the all-star break yet and then they get to the playoffs, and then they switch to baseball. Then they follow their teams for a little bit, and then when their teams suck and they're not going to make the playoffs, oh, I'm glad football's here. And then we start the cycle over again, mm-hmm. and that's just that's how it works for, for normal fans that like the three major sports. Right. It's just cyclical. You're trying to jam something else in there that upsets the whole apple cart, and I just don't think there's room for it because people have their routines. And they've been used to this routine, and now all of a sudden, well, football's the highest-rated thing ever, and people obviously can't get enough of it. Let's throw more of it at them. I just, it I just, just doesn't work like that. I just don't understand why the NFL hasn't adopted the NBA G League model. I just don't understand it. I mean, you could have taken the NBA or the uh, NFL Europe concept, brought that over here, and I would just play. I would play the uh, season concurrently with the NFL season. I would just play the games during the week. Right. Broadcast them on NFL Network, or you know, if ESPN or one of these other networks want to get on it on the rights, it's been proven with people like you that watch uh, Mac, Mac Mac weekday football. If there's a game that on a people Tuesday, will watch it right between Northern Illinois and Ball State, I'll probably turn it's, it on for a little bit. To me, that's really no different than a guy who is a Badger fan who watches an ACC game on a Monday. Like, what's the difference if if you like the sport? And the game is on, 
you'll probably check the game out. Yeah. And if it's a good game or you know I'll people, stick you'll stick around and watch it. It's just like anything else. But no, you. I feel they've missed the boat on that. They could be having having your own minor league. Sophomores, I, I don't know JVs, how that's a whatever you want to call it. And then, and then you open up the door of, well, now maybe we can let in some sophomores out of college. Right. Right. You know, expand that expand a little bit. Expand that a little Get bit. Get back to that. Or you know, guys are more worried now about the wear and tear on their bodies than ever. Well, then let's get these guys paid early. Or, or if somebody plays really well in the minors for these these teams, bring them up. Are we going to see him? Yeah. on Sunday. He he played a good game. Wouldn't it be cool if you could like, like if the Packers were ten and five, and in week sixteen they call up, you know. Uh, a wide receiver. Uh, who the backup running? The guy who backed up Jonathan Taylor this year. What was right. his name? Oh, um, oh God. No. Well, whatever. They yeah, bring him right. up, uh-huh. and because somebody got hurt, and then that guy just rips off like like what James Starks did the year you guys won the Super Bowl. Just rips off like three playoff games out of his ass, mm-hmm. and you win the Super Bowl. That guy doesn't even ever have to play again. He owns Green Bay. Like, wouldn't those be cool? Like you see it in baseball all the time. They'll bring up Call a rookie yep. in August, and they just go on a fucking tear, and you might they might never do it again. But for that one season, that little two month run, it's awesome. And don't tell me that the that the NFL and the, all these teams don't have the capital to oh, start yeah. start another minor that's the, league. That's team. the last excuse that I would accept. Right? Those guys print money. That's what I mean. So. Billions. All right, we're closing in on the hour mark here. Let's get to uh, wrap up with uh, some high school stuff. There's two things that's happening, and one might be over by now. Um, yeah, these will both probably be over by the time anybody hears this. Yeah, so. well, I the, the the athletic director situation isn't going to be settled. Um, I think they're just more in the exploratory stages of that, of, of considering maybe we should do this because there's a lot of moving parts to that whole thing, at least for the people that I've talked to. On the docket for the school board tonight was the payment of spring athletic coaches at the high school level. And Janesville has been one of the pretty much only places. Beloit Memorial's not doing it either. I don't know who else in the Big 8 is not. But I know it's those those three schools, Craig Parker and Beloit. In fact, that might be it, to be honest that are not paying their coaches. Milton, Clinton, Broadhead, Whitewater, Evansville, they're all paying their spring coaches. Janesville has said, we only will pay you for the work that you do. That's verbatim. We only pay people for the work that they do. So if you don't coach, you don't get paid, which to me says that the school board or the the school district is really pigeonholing their jobs to when practice starts and the season ends. It doesn't take into account the other seven, eight months that these guys go to clinics and conferences and write up itineraries, call other coaches, schedule games, you know, do other things that go into being a coach. And the school district says, and again, we are at a point right now where we don't know how much money is going to be available in the budgets going in the future. What we do know is that money has been budgeted and it's available now, and they're saying you don't get it because you didn't coach. And you and I talk about this on a lot of road trips that we take in 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 the wintertime. We've seen a problem with coaches. We've seen a problem with sports in this city. And to me, this is the last thing that someplace like Janesville really needs is to get the message effectively communicated to the coaches 
you don't really matter that much. You know, money. To, if, if money talks, you're sending a pretty clear message about what you do and when you do it. And that's more important than the other time that you're not actually in season. Yeah. And, you know, just to be clear, you and I, and even when we talk about the second topic with the AD stuff, mm -hmm. we are very much pro-coach. Yes. We see the bullshit that <laughs> these men and women, uh, not just in Janesville, but uh, at all of these different schools that we go to, we see the bullshit that they have to deal with, with um, yeah, fans, kids on their team, just everything that goes into it. Uh, it's a thankless job. They're very, very rarely thanked or appreciated. And to me, the more I've thought about this, to me it isn't even as much about the money part because I think the money we're talking here is going to be, you know, it's a couple thousand dollars per coach, yeah. but it's not really, it's not life-changing type of money. For sure. This is more about the the value that you're putting on me and my time and my commitment and if you're not willing to um, give me, I guess, not what I deserve, but show some appreciation or for recognition. it. Yeah. Um, why, why do I want to work here? Right. Why do I want to continue to invest my time right. here? Because, you know, I, I see it. We see it all the time. We follow these guys on Twitter from with sports. The, there's constant, constant coach change, uh, turnover. turnover that we see on Twitter all the time. So um, it would be very easy for any of the coaches in any of the sports around here to pick up and leave if they felt that they would be more appreciated somewhere else. And, you know, we – it's been written about in the paper. You and I have talked about it. The, the, the folks on the west side of town here have not put forth the requisite level of, um, I don't know, intensity or care – into their athletic program. They just haven't. The, the the coaches over there, the players don't get the support that the arts get. We know that. We've seen it firsthand. So to then also cut these guys off and, and girls off at the knees with their money, it, it's a bad look. It sends a poor message. Um, you know, I, I just hope that they rectify that tonight. I'm not confident that they will. No, and I don't think anybody else is really. Um, from, from that, that would be a, a first in in this city that they would look at something. And, you know, and I understand we're obviously everybody's going through some bullshit right now. We've all got to make sacrifices, but they've already made their sacrifice. Those coaches have by um, not being able to do what they love and, and want to do. They've put into the work. They, yes, from they, the season they did the work last year. They, they're not getting to reap any of the benefits of Correct. it. And you're also trying to take away their financial benefit. So. It's a bad look. I hope it gets changed, but I'm I'm not I'm not going to be surprised if it doesn't. I mean, it's just odd to see that and to know that you and I both recognize the fact that you hang on to a good coach when you get one. You know what I mean? And if they're very supportive and they're dedicated to to growing the program, the kids like them, the parents like them, the administration thinks they're doing a good job, you want to keep those people in line. Now, I don't know how many of those spring coaches there are at Craig and Parker where you can point to one and say, keep this person, that person's important, whatever, or let's give them another year or two. I, you know, I have no idea about those decisions, but at the same time, you need to make a blanket decision of saying, coaches, no matter what, they're all important because they do the same things 
all of them do. They're all dedicated, some to a to a larger degree. But I just don't think I just don't think it's it, it can be measured how much they do outside of when you pick up a ball or a bat or put a tee in the ground or you get get into the blocks. It's like we talk about with basketball, and it goes the same with the players. To me, you can't expect to end the season not pick up a piece of equipment or participate in a game or a practice or a clinic or a, or a whatever, and then expect on day one the following year to be better than when you ended the last season. For coaches, I think that's largely the same thing. They're constantly trying to think about oh, things yeah. and do things that they can help the players improve on sure. and help themselves get smarter. Learning acquire, new trends, yes, anything like more that. More knowledge, yep. acquire wisdom, you know, all that stuff. And I... I just don't think that that stuff is being taken into consideration. No, I agree. And, you know, it's it it shows they're not putting any value in athletics anymore in Janesville. And, or not what people like you and I believe they Are should be. To. I'm sure they would argue that we're completely off base on that. Okay. But the proof is in the pudding. Um, Those are also coming from people that aren't from here. You know, frankly, you you got pushed out of the Big Eight because your football programs are terrible. People can say, well, you know, the new Sun Prairie was coming in, and eventually it's going to be a Madison conference. Okay, fine. If Craig and Parker were competing for Big Eight conference football championships, they wouldn't have got pushed out of the league. You'll never convince me otherwise. Um, you know, we've seen the ebb and flow of the basketball programs on both sides of town the last couple of years. They've had a couple of decent teams. They've had a couple of teams that have struggled. Um but the you know the the lack of school pride that we see, whether it's putting a value on a coach or putting value into athletics or promoting a, a game that day in school, what are you doing? Um, you know, to the amount of students that come out to the game, there's just not enough, and there's not enough school pride, and. I was going to save this until I actually did it. I'm in the process of doing it. But I am going to put on YouTube, I've got, I don't know, I think I've got somewhere between 15 and 20 old Craig games from the 90s, from basically 1990 through 1999 that I'm going to put on YouTube. And what you see in those games, other than the fact that all the teams are very good, the atmosphere is... Can't beat it. Night and day from what we see now. Can't beat it. And it all boils down to how much value are you putting in your program? How much pride does that then turn into for the kids to represent their school? Because it's hard to get excited to represent your school if nobody at your school gives a shit. That's why you don't see, you know, you don't see a lot of people. You don't see a lot of kids going to cross-country meets. Well, as somebody who ran cross-country, I get that nobody gave a shit about that. But I was okay with it because it was a race. But as a basketball player, if I'm coming out to the game and I run out for warm-ups and, there, and I can count the people in a section, which we have done at many games, now I'm not motivated to play for my school. Now I'm thinking about me. What, what, can, what can I get? I think there's also, like, like you just mentioned, motivation about playing for your school. I don't think a lot of that exists anymore because a lot of the coaches that we talk to, some of the some of the kids that we see in the hall, like I'll I'll go and I'll talk to a football coach, a baseball coach, or a basketball coach. I'll see somebody who's tall. I'll see somebody who's big. I'll see somebody who's a multi-sport athlete, and I'll say, 
what's that what's that kid playing you know this season nothing why not don't want to play mm-hmm. want to do other stuff i don't understand if you have the physical traits that lend themselves to playing certain sports why you don't want to go out but that's where we are right now it that whole school thing that doesn't exist ex- except in a very, very minor percentage of some of these athletes. Mm-hmm. And that's who's out for the team, and that's who's willing to bust their ass, and that's who really gives a shit. Yeah. But it's not the majority anymore where I think it used to be the majority, and it's just not. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I just think back to the late 90s when I was playing at Craig, and we had upwards of 30 guys go out for the team. We already knew who was going to make it, but we still had guys go out for the team, and then there were always guys at the end of the bench. There were always two, three, four guys that would sit behind the bench in, in, a, in a sport coat and khakis that knew they probably weren't going to get a uniform all year, but you know what? It meant something to be on that team. Associated. It was, it was, there, was a, you know, there was a certain social status to it, mm-hmm. but it was also about being there, representing your school, and you know, wanting to be a part of some cool stuff. Because you knew the stands were going to be packed, you were going to play in big games, all that kind of stuff. Unfortunately, we don't have that right now. I'm not sure because I didn't follow it as much, you know, from basically two or three years after college until I was, you know, about four or five years ago. I didn't follow it that much, so I don't know where the dip was. Um, I know there's been two coaching changes in that time period that might have caused that dip. One. Uh, both of them retirements, one of them a little more forced than the other one. Mm-hmm. But um, those two programs have not been the same. So we're not here to call anybody out. Like I said, we yep. are we are pro coach here. Yep. I and and I hope that these guys and and gals get everything that they deserve because they've worked for it and they earned it for sure. And hopefully things turn around here sports wise in the next couple of years. The other thing we don't have to spend as much time on it is because I just don't know the particulars. Me either. And and I don't know as much, but it's coming from the same person in the fact that they believe that a district-wide athletic director is a better route to go than athletic directors at separate schools, mostly the high schools because they have the most sports. And right now, I have a relationship with both coaches at both high schools because They've been a football coach, basketball coach, and as an AD, I contact them when we're going to come cover games. So I talk to these guys for the you know for pretty much the last three four years continuously, um, but for some reason, and and I've had conversations with them behind closed doors about about their duties and stuff like that. But the one thing, I guess. And you can make an argument on either side what's better. I don't know what a district-wide person is going to do that is going to be better than either guy is going to do at each school. I don't know that. The one point I do agree with is that if you're the AD and a coach, where's the oversight on your coaching? Correct. And what's that hiring process going to be like if you put in for a job and also want to coach while you're an AD? You know what I mean, and there and 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 there's there's some doubles going mm-hmm, on in mm-hmm. different sports at both schools, so that I would like an answer to. But I don't know what's better about the one the one district AD other than the first two. The one thing that I haven't heard mentioned, it kind of goes back to our previous conversation. What do the coaches say? 
the coaches report to the athletic director. Mm-hmm. Those two relationships, to and from, from and to, they have to be very, very much in unison with what they're doing, and they have to be in constant communication. I don't know if you have one point person that is now drawing a spider web to every single coach at the high schools and even middle schools, whether that's going to be a little bit too much for one person. I don't know. But what do the coaches think? Nobody has asked them their opinion, to my knowledge. And, I, and to me, I think that matters. Yeah, I agree. I, I have a lot of questions. Um. One of the things that I have seen put out there in social media that I was seeing today was that it is essential that they have someone on school grounds that is the acting athletic director. And my question to that was, why Why? is that essential? I did not. I got a couple of responses, but I didn't get an answer to the question. I just got told that it is so. Uh, But I don't know. I'm not there. Um, I also had asked the question of Mr. Schmoltz. Um, that was answered by somebody else. I couldn't remember in the late 90s whether we had one guy downtown or if each school had their AD. It's gone back and I, forth. I, I feel like we had both. I, I can't remember. I'd have, We'd probably have to dig out yearbooks and, and, and look. Um, the, as far as the essential part goes, like I don't know that I ever wanted to or had a need to ever talk to the athletic director in the four years I was in high school. I talked to my coach if I had an issue or needed something. So I, I'm just, I'm not saying that they're not essential. I just don't know what it is that they're essentially, what is essential that they do. Um, you know, and, and like you said, we, we've got to know both Ben and Clayton. They're both very good dudes. Um, as far as we know, they do very good jobs as ADs because we we travel around to some of these other schools and you try to get some, some contact and some dialogue with these people and there's nothing. No. So we're not calling into question no. job performance not of anybody all. either. What, what my questions are like, okay, if you're going to have one guy downtown, um, what are the requirements? Are you going to make the requirements where they got to have a bunch of letters after their name? Because if you're going to do that, you know what that means? It means you're going to have to pay him over $100,000 probably. Mm-hmm. Do we really need to pay a guy $100,000 to be the athletic director in Janesville? Is there enough work to justify that? Or are we going to find you down at the Y shooting hoops at noon? Like, seriously, like, what is the deal here? Are, can, can you and I apply for that job? Are we qualified for that job? If you're going to put a guy downtown, are you going to have a liaison now at the school? That's There's what I going mean. to be the go-between? And are you going to now ask Ben and Clayton, who are the current ADs, are you going to take that away from them but then expect them to continue to be the liaison to the guy downtown? While still making them teach more classes. Exactly. Which I've told, which both of them have said, that's, See, that's you, not happening. You and I knew of this rumbling during the basketball season, mm-hmm. I believe. Yes. I mean, it might have been nope. football, but yep. I can't remember. But we had, I'm a little surprised that it's coming up now, just timing-wise with everything. Maybe this, maybe it's a budgeting issue. I don't know. But with the whole with the whole not paying the coaches thing, you've got people getting furloughed. You've got unemployment skyrocketing. You've got nobody's in school. You can't play sports. It's just so interesting time to be talking about creating a position. I mean, I had to laugh. The gentleman that 
that uh, Schmolt mentioned in the article that is basically the de facto AD. Like, what? I've never heard who, of him who, doing who that. Who is he? Right. Where does he work? What is he doing? Like, have you ever heard of his? No. Heard? I know who that is just because I kind of know who is around the school and district. And I'm not casting aspersions on no. him. I just don't know nothing. I didn't even know he existed. I didn't know those were part of his duties no. until that came out. I know who the guy is. I didn't know that that was part of his job. Right. And so it's like, okay, then what's he been doing? Why haven't we heard from him? Because Ben and Clayton are taking care of everything else? Then what's that guy doing? I don't know. I don't know. From from the my, my, I, my the question I think I care the most about in this whole thing, and I really don't have a horse in this race. I mean, they're going to do what they're going to do. Pretty much. Um, would it, you know, d- does it ever interfere with their coaching? Right. That I don't know. We can't answer that. Does does having to go over to Parker on a Tuesday to make sure that they roll up the wrestling mats properly or the gymnastics beams are put away right. properly, does that take away from you being able to scout that night? I, I Those are the questions I don't know the answer to. Well, and here's... And, and that's kind of where I'm, I'm – maybe they think they're doing too much because they're teaching classes. Mm-hmm. They're doing AD stuff. Ben's the basketball coach. Clayton's the football coach. Exactly. And if, if, if what we say about spring coaches holds true, they're doing a lot for their sports. Oh. Ben coaches his kids' youth teams. Right. How much can you be expected to do? Exactly. And can you do it well right. when you have all that on your plate? Right. And And like I said – I think those guys both do good jobs as AD, especially when we're comparing them to some of these other characters. Right. That's right. I mean, I we've been doing this for five years. I still don't think we've met the guy at Sun Prairie, have we? No. No, we no, don't even no, we know. Haven't. He nope. could look like an alien and have shit growing out of his ears for all we know. We've never seen him. He only exists in an email address yes. and a Twitter account. That's that, that, That's all we know. So those guys do a good job, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, Parker's football program has not been good lately. If he was just a football coach, would that give him more time to do other stuff? Maybe. Only he can answer that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But I just have a lot of questions. And, you know, it, it, it's, it does seem, again, kind of like one of those things where we've created something here that maybe could be kicked down the road a little bit, maybe. You but think. I don't think. I don't know that the timing again, is necessarily. Again, I don't know if it's a... If it's a fiscal issue, if they got to get something in, if they got to get somebody hired, any of that, I don't know. But this would be one of the, one of those things where if we weren't having social distancing and whatever, and they opened up a school board meeting, I would go and I would ask those questions, mm-hmm. and I and I take an active interest, and I wouldn't care either way. Just tell me why you have your position. As long as you and I have our our table where we ask to have a table for a broadcast, we're cool. Doesn't matter, you know. So it, we're it, I don't we're, care. We're cool on that end, yep. and and yeah, I like I we have no horse in this race. No, you know I'm not trying. I'm certainly not trying to take any money out of these guys' pockets. No, or advocate for no. that because on the same token, we're advocating them to get what they're supposed to be getting. Right. So that's, that that's why I didn't understand exactly how this was orchestrated or or why it's coming up. At the, and you at showed the time. me a couple of responses that we won't read verbatim no. that were. Interesting responses from some people from, in, from in school the board members. That's yeah, right. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't. Uh, and again, some of this stuff may already be cleared up or not cleared up, but maybe made a little bit clearer. Um, but by the time that this gets posted, so I, we'll see. I guess 
what happens in the next 24, 40 hours, couple of weeks. I mean, I don't know. Just but pay these guys. Pay them their damn money or you're going to end up with coaches like me, and then I'm going to be on the front page of the paper because I'm going to have punched a coach or a ref or I'm going to have yelled it too loud at a kid. <laughs> Nobody wants that. No, we've got I enough, mean, I, I think it'd be kind of funny. We, we've got enough kids crying at practices and games right now that we know of. So. And you can't afford to lose me on the broadcast. Let's just no, be honest No, I really can't because that's <laughs> that's my chief concern. That's, that's where the money is, baby. Until we start and I give you the schedule, I'm always leery of whether you're going to say I'm just not doing it this year. That's, that's yes. You're right. Ugh. So, all well, right. As long well, as long as I uh, I stay single, I think you're safe, <laughs> and no. I don't think that that's going to be a problem. We're not, so. we're not worried about that anytime. No. Okay, now. All right, we have made uh, a mountain out of a molehill as far as our news uh, of, of, of our prep sheets. So yeah, now I'm sweating in this room, I know, too. and I really need to get some fresh yeah, air. Well, you're blowing all that hot air out. Thank you very much for that. That is the intentional foul for this week. And we will be back hopefully next week and maybe some more clarification of, of sports happening. I'm, I'm not real sure. But in the meantime, thank you for listening, downloading. Tell your friends. I'm Josh. I'm Dan. Thank you, and we will talk to you next time. Go sports.